0: you there matt i am this is pretty cool yeah yeah no it's uh it's good for us up and comers you know kind of get things started on here that's uh that's a pretty cool deal i never
1: knew such thing never knew this existed that's awesome
0: yeah free app uh Kind of get things rocking and rolling. As I said, well, hey, thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time uh, out of your day. Join us here on the Hook and Ladder.
1: Yeah, you bet. I'm I'm happy to.
0: Well, Matt, uh, before we kind of dive into everything uh, WSU related, uh, for those of you who don't know, this is uh, Matt Chazanow, voice of the Washington State Cougars. I I was wondering if you could kind of fill us in on your journey throughout the sports casting industry and kind of what ultimately brought you to the Palouse.
1: Oh, gosh, sure. Uh, Let's go back to, oh, I don't know, 2006. I graduated from from school and went to North Carolina, and uh, I, I started doing some college broadcasting and got my first part-time job in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, with actually a former iteration of the same company that employs me now, and at the time it was called ISP, and so I, I worked a lot with Pittsburgh, the Pitt Panthers in college. Uh, football, college, basketball broadcasts. And uh, I was actually their studio guy for six years. And in that time, I did High Point University, women's basketball, uh, UNC Greensboro, online only soccer games, and uh, called a few of their men's hoops games on the radio. Um, Actually, my first full-time job was in their athletic department. And and that was pretty brief. I, I got hired by ISP l- less than three months after the Spartans hired me. And and then really, I've kind of, I've really been with that company since. I, b- before I got hired full-time, I was doing Starbucks and substitute teaching. And uh, I temped in Boston during one of the off-seasons and uh, was a front desk receptionist <laughs> and did all kinds of jobs to make ends meet, but, but was always trying to call games and uh, got some... Bigger assignments about maybe 2012, something like that. Maybe 2010, uh, right, right in there and, uh, and kind of just kept working my way up. And, and here I am. The Cougs called me in 2015, said they needed a guy. And I was super psyched.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds like quite the journey. And you know, I myself actually uh, lived in charlotte north carolina back in uh, let's see 20 no back out there in 2009 left there in uh 2015 and brought my way uh, out here to lewiston idaho uh, my co-worker james and i we are down here at pacific empire radio here in lewiston and uh we're often in, in the booth uh for cougar games so we thought geez we just need to get matt here on the air and uh Kind of get the inside scoop, if you will, on everything WSU, which brings me to uh, uh, my next question, which is, what kind of are your thoughts on how last season went? Obviously, six and seven is certainly a bit of a, a downward turn from years past with Mike Leach. Um, but uh, what was your overall kind of synopsis on the season?
1: It was strange. I mean, you know, any any time I think the the strangest part of last year that shouldn't be overlooked was the resignation of the defensive coordinator. I mean, when, when your D.C. leaves mid-year, that is very rare. I, in fact, I, I don't know right. that I know of that situation anywhere else. I'm sure it's, it's not precedent-setting, but I, it, it can't have happened more than a handful of times. It's very odd. And, you know, to have the D.C. quit for who knows what specific or however many reasons, it puts you in a really tough spot and I think the, the defense was trying to figure it out. And I think they started to toward the back end of the year, but they still had their struggles at times. And, and I'm not saying that they were not a seven, eight, nine win team just because of the defense, because the reality of it is they had and beat in Eugene and, and they, they, they were right there. They, they played Arizona state and Tempe super tough. I mean, those were two final drives by each of those schools. Otherwise that's a, a nine win team last year. So, or an eight win team, I should say. So, you know, I I think it was odd at the same time, it was incredibly consistent in that the Cougs led the nation in passing and had pros on offense and a great quarterback and had a a team that bowled again. And so even in a, an odd year and a a quote unquote down year, it, it really highlighted, I think in full context that the level of the program is way up from prior to Mike Leach, without question, and he, even earlier in his tenure. And and I think he left it in an incredible place for Nick Rolovich.
0: Yeah, no, just uh, I, I myself have been a fan of the program. My dad graduated there, uh, gosh, I, way back when. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've been a fan of the program ever since. And, uh, you know, early 2010s before Leach got here, it was just – it. It was just a, a train wreck, you know, to, for lack of a better term. And to see what he's done as far as turning it around is just truly a, been incredible. Uh, what would you say to the fans who, uh, let's be real, WSU, I would say, is a B-plus program at best. You know, they're not going to bring in the four. Uh, maybe they will, but maybe not the five-star guys. What would you say to the fans who maybe have unrealistic expectations
1: well, I, I wonder, you know, I, I think let, let's take a step back here in terms of the, the grade of, of B+. First of all, a B-plus program, you know, in the Power Five puts you, you know, I'm, I'm thinking out loud right now. If, if the Cougs are a B-plus and they've been, you know, one win away from a Pac-12 title, and I, and I kind of understand the spirit of what you're saying, there are very few A-programs. You know, I mean, if you if you right. want to lump it that way, you're talking about the top two teams in each power league, maybe three, depending on the power league, that are in better shape than Washington State, and that's only because they essentially won that game that put them in the league championship, or maybe won them the league championship. So. You know, in terms of unrealistic expectations, I, I, I think the sky's the limit for Washington State. I, I kind of counter that with I, I'm not sure. The only unrealistic expectation that I would hear for Cougar football, where I'd go, let's wait to see what happens with Coach Rolovich, is is literally a national championship. Is a is a college football playoff run because a Pac-12 title has been very realistic over the last half decade in that they were one win away from getting there. And then maybe we're playing a team they either had beaten or should have, or could have, you know, that, that they maybe even matched up well with. So I, I think sure. that the league title is, is within uh, reasonable expectations and, you know, beyond that. And, and, and who knows, but there isn't much beyond that. So they're putting out, We're talking about first round draft pick, left tackle talent. That's what every team in the country wants to find. Every there is not a team in America that wouldn't want Andre Dillard and and now Abe Lucas. And and I think they tell you that there are the most rare talent right now in college football are, are linemen on both the defensive and offensive side. And and I think some say that the real unicorns are the defensive linemen. Uh, and, and that maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But offensive linemen are are right there, and and so I I think the Cougs have have done that. I, I think Coach Leach kind of showed what's possible. And I know that the the they're trying to build an indoor practice facility that's state of the art. If they do that, there's nothing left to build. The, the The program will continue to roll and and get baked in. Be it a a Virginia Tech type program in the ACC where you're just constantly ranked and and Blacksburg's a pretty good comp for Pullman, as, as you know, living in, living in Charlotte, you're pretty close to there. And, um, and then right. if you want to really double down and have it get even more amazing, if you will, uh, the other team that is comparable in its league in terms of geography, former profile, and now Ascension is Clemson. And you know, Clemson, South Carolina in the ACC is a lot like Pullman, Washington in the Pac 12. It's a the ACC and the Pac are very comparable leagues. And they found a coach with Dabo Swinney and then they reinvested and, and it popped. And, you know, the, the, the Clemson Tigers under Bowden were a lot like Washington State under Leach. Very similar. Perennial bowl team win uh, between six to nine games. Uh, ranked toward the top of the league, couldn't quite get there, and then it augmented it and piggybacked it with Dabo Swinney, and now here they are.
0: Man, well, as a as a Coug fan myself, you've got me pretty excited, you know, with uh, with the comparisons there. Um, yeah, I <laughs> that's got me kind of uh, backtrack in here. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, I,
0: I don't, I, I don't think
1: there, there's no good reason. There's no anything's possible. I mean, if you don't coach and don't recruit and, and you don't do it right, any program can backslide. And, and, you know, I think you could look right now. I I think Iowa state with Matt Campbell feels the same way. They, they want, they're going, they're looking back to the days of Seneca Wallace and thinking they can get back to the top of the big 12. I, I think if you look at Minnesota with what they're doing with PJ Fleck, they're looking at Ohio state and Michigan and thinking exactly what Washington state is thinking with regard to say, USC or Oregon and, and they're thinking if you get the right coach and you build the facilities you, you can do what Clemson has done and and you know Clemson you, you got to remember now Clemson wasn't Clemson Virginia Tech went to the national title game with Mike Vick and and they haven't been back right. to the natty but they've been baked in good ever since and, and Fuente's trying to keep it there since since uh the retirement of Frank Beamer so You know, if you look at certain programs, can it backslide? Absolutely. I mean, Florida State has struggled more, maybe than any time in history. You know, and I I think it's not just money either. You know, Texas A and M is the wealthiest athletic department in America, and they had their best SEC year, their first couple with Johnny Manziel and Kevin Sumlin, and they haven't really been back to the top of it and you know it, anything can happen Alabama pre-Saban was not Alabama as we currently know that. you know things things do ebb and flow and I think that Washington State's current success is an indicator of a fantastic blueprint by Mike Leach he's not a good football coach he's a great football coach okay he right. a, he is he really is and I think you know, Nick Rolovich has a, has a real gem here and and the, and the the cupboard is not bare by any stretch. It is loaded and, and ready to roll.
0: Right. now now let me ask you. do you think the that that season where the Cougs won eleven games, went to the Alamo Bowl? Do you think that was kind of their tipping point as a program to heading in that direction you've been describing?
1: You know, I don't think so. I I think it was more the the eight win season, believe it or not, where they had Luke Falk, although he was injured for that bowl game and didn't play, but but they had they had won nine and gone to the Sun Bowl and then proven it wasn't a fluke and gone to the Holiday Bowl and and I think the Minnesota year, you know, you, you go to the Holiday Bowl and then you play two Holiday Bowls and you're sort of just baked in good to go. The Alamo was oh it can get better. Yes, like yes, it can even get better. And I think it can even get better from that. You know, I'm I'm not predicting 12 wins. I just think it's possible. It's hard you're right. It's hard to do without five stars. But Washington State is now in the mix with with many four stars. And, and this this coaching staff has made recruiting in-state an emphasis, and, and we'll see how that goes, but they they are, you know, and they, and they were before, too. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a chief of staff and Dave Emmerich and a bunch of coaches who were building this up from a really low point, and they got Max Borgie and they had McDougal transfer from West Virginia, a freshman All-American, and they were in on some top talent and you know sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't but but if you if you continue the upward trajectory you do get in on some kids who are going to take you places and and i think they found also that through development three stars culturally work harder stereotypically they they're not bmoc when they get on campus just the, the big guy around and they they right. you, you know a three star by your junior year is four or five years removed from when they got the star rating. And, and I think star rating for high school juniors is one of the most overrated signing day and rankings that go along with it are, it's, it's, I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything, but I trust coaches more who say, I like this kid for his talent. You know, Willie Taylor having a productive rush linebacker year would not be surprising to me, but he was not a highly rated kid out of Cochran, Georgia. and, Roy Manning told me, he said, this kid fits exactly what we want as a rush. He's fast, he's long, he hits, and he works hard, and we, and he's, we like him. So let's do it. You know, I mean, how many four-stars have come and fizzled out, and then you've got guys who aren't rated who are playing great football? So I, I don't know. I, I think recruiting in some ways, I've watched it year after year not be irrelevant, but but signing day can be a bit of an eye roll sometimes with, with recruiting rankings.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's that's certainly certainly fair enough. Um, Earlier, you brought up Mike Leach, and obviously, Mike Leach is no longer with us. But what was kind of the reaction around the program to uh, that news that he had finally, uh, he had taken a job at Mississippi State?
1: I think it was one of not necessarily total surprise because of Tennessee the prior year and Right. The other jobs had popped up. but i I definitely think there is a certain shock when it becomes real, and he's really going to leave and does. and and there's this moment of, of reflection of, oh boy, we you know it all needs to be restarted. And a credit to Pat Shun for the absolute smoothest of transitions. I mean, oh, yeah. it's amazing. Nick Rolovich was on campus at a press conference three days later. You know that that that's. These job searches are not always smooth. They are often rocky. And I think he knew he had his guy. He targeted him. He went for him. He talked to Mike Leach about him. They're, they're friends within the industry. And he uh, all but recommended him for it. And it's uh, it it fits up on so many levels that, uh, you know, it's really a credit to, to Pat. So it was a whiplash. You know, Coach Leach leaves for Starkville and Nick Rolovich is here and Coach Leach is speaking fondly of his time on the Palouse, and I think always will. And um, so it's it was a it was a roller coaster of a few days there. What do you
0: think are the odds of WSU scheduling maybe a home and away with Mississippi State? You know that's a good question.
1: It's so far out. These schedules are done so far in advance. I'm not even sure we're at a point where that would be with. You know they, they schedule these games and you hope it's Rolovich versus Leach, but who knows? I mean it's it's seven eight nine ten years out. I, I the Cougs last I checked, and and I and I may be wrong on this, so don't don't hold me to it. And and these things change, but they've already got like Kansas sure. State and Wisconsin home and homes, I think, in the next future like five six years. And, and I'm not breaking any news there. That's Googleable and. Um, so right. I I think this stuff so far out, like the relationship of the former head coaches, I'm not sure how relevant it is. It's a great fit. I'd I'd love to see the Cougs play the Bulldogs. Tell you what I'd really love to see is the Cougs play the Bulldogs in a bowl game. That would be super fun. Uh, I, I don't oh, know, yeah. you know, the, in terms of a pack SEC tie, I don't know where that where that lands them I and if that's realistic. I don't think it is, but that would be
0: super fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Um... Now, obviously, you just brought up Nick Rolovich. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, him as uh, the replacement for Mike Leach? Is, is he the right fit in Pullman? Uh, he's already gotten a very warm reception from what I've seen. And he seems to get, you know, there is the tweet where he uh, went out and bought pizzas for people in the community. And he's uh, shopping local, especially amidst with this uh, COVID pandemic. Um, it, does he get Holman?
1: Oh, 100%. I, I think he, he did right away with, with great perspective and context from Kirk Schultz, the president, and the director of athletics, Pat Chun, and when he came in, I, I think he, he understood it from day one, and I think he loves it and is chomping at the bit to get to spring ball it, whenever that happens, if it happens, and hopefully it happens soon. And I, I think... I think absolutely. He, he He's a great, I think that's why it happened so fast. You know, they they set up a deal that made it a no brainer and they set that deal up because they knew he was the guy and they didn't want to mess around with it. And they put the Cougs in a position to keep winning. And I, I think, I think he's absolutely that guy. I think he was the top candidate for a lot of reasons. I mean, there's something particularly poetic about Mike Leach finding a niche in leading the nation and passing and having the Cougs be a top 25 team and ranked with that spirit of throwing the ball between 50 to 70 times a game. And then bringing another coach in who also wants to throw the ball a little bit different in a nuanced way, or maybe a lot different, but also with a pass emphasis from a system that was created by a guy, Mouse Davis, who was born in Palouse, Washington. And it kind of bakes in that this is what the Cougars probably are. And, and they'll still use great running backs. You know, they've had Harrison and now Borgie and there have been, you know, Jamal Morrow and there have been just fantastic running backs that have come into the program. But you could argue that the top two quarterbacking schools, and in fact, I do the top two quarterbacking schools in the pack historically are Stanford and Washington state. And, and I think that will continue and you can go down the line and, and that's because it passing the throwing the football is, is what's worked on the Palouse for decades. And I think that that's the way they found their niche and they'll continue to. I, I think it's going to be awesome and Rolovich will continue that.
0: Uh, one of uh I guess, uh, bad news that kind of came out or tragic news, I guess I should say that came out, you know, uh, before this pandemic kind of broke out was the passing of safety Bryce Beeman. Um, what's kind of been the reaction to the program? Uh, have, has have teammates been outspoken about it? Uh, what's, what's kind of the overall reaction to the program and then what, what kind of gap does he leave in, on a football side? You know, I, I,
1: I haven't been around. No, no one's been around because of the virus and because of the shutdown. And, and I'm not comfortable speaking for the team reaction beyond whatever I read on social media and what I observed prior to this happening in, in practice the last few year, couple years and um, or last year. And, and Bryce was I, I'll speak personally and, and I'll kind of leave the team reaction to what you probably already read online. And, and that is of, of great sorrow and they're sad. And it's, it's, a, it's awful. You know, he was, he was the nicest kid. He was a, 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 just a polite, just kind as could be. He's one of the nicest kids I've, I've interviewed and observed and it's just awful. And I feel for his family and his loved ones and his friends and my heart goes out to them and, you know, I'll be honest on on a football side of it. I I just haven't really gotten there yet. I I don't know what they want to do. I, I know who the safeties are. Um, you, you can look on the depth chart and see, but I I think it's kind of TBD. And and you just you know, to be honest, I I didn't. I had, it's not that important with with
0: in the context right. of it. Right. You know,
1: I, I think they'll figure that element out, and and I think that they're just kind of waiting to see. You know they're just trying to heal. They're, they wish they could be together. I think, and and that's they they loved him. You know, and and uh, it's it's really hard. And I, I hate that. Th- I hate that that happened. And
0: uh, I feel for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. The, the program was already reeling with what happened with Halinsky. You know, we everybody knew about that, and then um, and then this. You know, soon after. Um, you know, it's program's just kind of been been hit in that regard. So, uh, like you said, uh, thoughts and prayers to his family and the team as well. Um, One of the phrases you just mentioned, TBD, that's kind of the – to be determined is kind of the state of everything across the program with uh, this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. You hate to say a situation like this might help. Or be a help, but it, does it help Nick Rolovich get a little bit more time to kind of get a plan in order for the team overall? You still there, that Matt?
1: Hey you there I am welcome back hey I'm so sorry and and please do not read into that in, in any way I, It dropped off, it got disconnected, and then uh, on pure coincidence, I got a call from the athletics I had to take so um i I apologize
0: uh, no problem at all Just, uh, i as soon as uh that happened, like you said, I read into it it's like oh no no no,
1: no 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 I would never. I would and I would never ever ever hang up on on you or or anybody and and I'm so don't don't read into it at all and uh and uh I and let, let's keep it rolling I, I apologize sorry about that
0: no worries no worries so again uh welcome back uh ladies and gentlemen to the hook and ladder with Hardy and oats we have a uh, wsu play by play commentator uh matt chazenow with us uh matt uh the last question we kind of uh left off with uh, we were it was about the uh covid-19 uh pandemic and obviously it, this feels weird phrasing it this way but is this situation kind of a help to Nick Rolovich in that it might give him a little bit more time to kind of get things in order for the upcoming season assuming there is a season this year
1: I think there's kind of a scramble there's always like a mad dash when you have when you're a new coach somewhere and so there's there's a thought that maybe to pause everything is to assist in calming that process down. He's gotta hire a staff. He needs to start recruiting. He needs to do all of that while simultaneously learning about his own team and practicing with his guys. I think to a degree that may be true, but we're probably beyond the point where that is still helpful. You know, I, I think at this point now it's been so long that it's just better to be at it and be practicing and and get practices in and, and work with the guys and, and develop that relationship. So, you know, it, it, in some way, maybe it's helpful for a week or two weeks to kind of stop everything. And I, I doubt we're still there. I, I think that it'd be
0: best to get at it and be able to have spring ball. Gotcha. Now, let me ask you this, this, I'm sure would be uh, <laughs> very unhelpful to Nick and uh, his uh Preparation for the upcoming season, but there I've heard rumors that the NCAA was considering moving the season closer uh, or moving the start time up. Uh, have you heard anything about that, or is that just uh, pure rumors at this point?
1: Nothing official that you that you haven't heard. I, I think they're talking about every scenario. Uh, there seems like that may have been linked to the thought that the virus will die down in the summer and then come back. I I don't think they know well enough that that's really going to happen. And that's, that's definitely the case to, to actually move the battleship in the direction that would put that into play. So I think they're talking about everything. I think they're talking about moving it earlier, moving it later, adjusting non-conference, adjusting bowl season. I, I think they're talking about everything and, um, I don't know. I think we'll probably know where it lands within the next oh, two to six weeks. I think we'd have to know.
0: As far as for if we go ahead with the season or not kind of thing. Or how
1: and what they're targeting still. And, you know, I currently we're just in the social distancing pattern. So we're all right. just living by the mandate. And the light at the end of the tunnel is, is – hard to determine we we don't know where that is so i think uh i think it's probably th- they're waiting to get toward may 5th for our state or 4th i forget the exact day that governor inslee put out and i think as we near that we will know uh, a little
0: bit more of of what's what's popping gotcha gotcha and so it- with these other questions, I guess it's kind of hard to say, just because uh, as you've mentioned before, everything's to be determined. But you know, WSU's got some uh, very interesting recruits coming in, uh, especially the likes of uh, quarterback Jaden Delora from Hawaii. Um, it, do you have a sense of kind of uh, you know? Do you have a sense as to maybe who uh, might? uh be in the running for the quarterback spot. You know, we have Cameron Cooper who's kind of been riding the the pine for the past few seasons, just waiting for his shot. And it just so happens that we had Gardner Minshew put up a historic season, then Anthony Gordon gets his shot. Um is there a direction you think all, at all in the quarterback spot?
1: I, I, I think anytime you've got a, a third year player who was a significant recruit, who was the Utah State player of the year, who's been on campus and has lived through college football speed. Uh, he's the leader. So Cam Cooper is, is I think, going to be the starter once you start sp- spring ball. Now I don't know if it will remain that way, but once sure. you get toward fall camp, it'll be you know Gunner Cruz, John Bledsoe, Cam Cooper, Jaden Deloro will will get a shot at it. A- anybody who can throw the football with a new coach is going to get a crack at it. But I, I would think Cooper would be the leader as of now. He's just been there and has experience. Uh,
0: one name I heard you mention earlier was uh, McDougal on the defensive front. And last year, it just it just seemed like he didn't really um, – I didn't see him on the field quite as much as I expected. Do you think he's going to be a, have much more of a prominent role as we approach this upcoming season?
1: I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he showed flashes, and he's, he's gifted and he is still, or was still young, you know, now he's got two years left. So now's the time. Right. And I think he needs to take a leap and I, I think he will. I, I think he's going to play quite a bit.
0: No, excellent. Excellent. Um, You know, we, you mentioned uh, that this team, it it's a bright spot, you know, it's got a lot of talent. Uh, it's got, bleeders with the likes of Jihad Woods on the defensive side. You still got Max Borgie uh, Both of those guys uh, appear to be NFL talent. Uh, are there any other players that kind of jump to mind for you as to who could make a big impact uh, for the Cougs?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I think um... – I I love Travion Brown. What he did last year, I thought, showed s- some real flashes. He was just a true freshman. So another year for yeah. Travion could be significant. Uh, same for Tyrese Ross. He, he's another name that Coug fans didn't see a ton. I love the way Derek Langford played at the end of last year. He, he was really good and could play a lot. And um, and then, you you know, I, we could roll through the defense. And I'm trying to name guys who, who didn't have as much of an impact as some others. And uh, some of the others are, are more obvious. I, Skyler Thomas is going to take a leap, and, and he's played a ton. He's really fast. Armani Marsh was great. You know, Armani Archie looks the part. He was a freshman redshirt last year, and, and uh, he's, he's TBD on playing time because he didn't play last year. But if he plays well, he, he's a great-looking – was a big recruit out of the Bay Area. And uh, speaking of recruiting, he was one of them. So defensively, you know, of course, Cosmos Quete and uh, Dallas. I think Dallas Hobbs could be an all D lineman, but everybody kind of knows that. That's no surprise, you know. So uh, th- th- they've, got, they've got a lot of returners, actually.
0: I, I think that was my biggest frustration with fellow Coug fans last year was just the fact that on defense, that, that that was a really young team, especially when you lose the likes of a an all, uh, all pack type guy in Jalen Thompson. Um, you know, I guess uh, I just didn't understand the frustrations that was being hurled towards the co- coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball when you lose so much talent.
1: Well, go- they lost eleven guys.
0: <laughs> right. I mean,
1: they they are ten. They lost ten. They lost 10 of their 11. So they lost everybody except Woods. I mean, you could go every single position, maybe not counting Skylar Thomas, but I, he changed positions. So that's, that's hard to do. Right. Also, they, they kind of tried to rework it all. I mean, they lost guys at every single level. Now they returned some because they played some youth, but they basically lost 10. Um, I, 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 I'm with you to a degree. I mean, they, they did struggle with some basic things sometimes, and that was really frustrating. You know, the, I think sure. uh, the one that comes to mind is the UCLA game where they, they've they got a beat and they and the fumbles, and it was just a mess. It was a, just an absolute mess. But, um, you know, I, I, they also returned the favor against Oregon State. So they kind of won the game they weren't supposed to uh, at home against the, the Beavers with regard not necessarily to opponent, but in the game they were down 22 and won. So – uh, I'm with you. I, I, I hear you.
0: Yeah. I, it's funny you bring the UCLA game up. I, I was there in the booth at that game and uh, the Cougs were up 49 to 17. Fellow media members were starting to get up and pack their belongings and head out. And I, I thought to myself, you know what, let's stay one more possession and, and see what UCLA can do. They score. And then uh, of course it all just headed South from there. And uh, it, it seemed as though that the Cougs just couldn't recover for a few weeks after that game, either, uh, with regards to kind of the momentum, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think there was a hangover from that a little bit. I, I think uh, that was a that was a tough one to stomach, for sure. I mean, that was a that was kind of an all timer for all the all the wrong reasons.
0: Right, right. No, uh, Coug fans hate the term cooging it," and uh, there it was. You know, the finest example. Um, so. One, there's one other looking forward to uh, the 2020 season. You know, I've, I've got the schedule in front of me. You got some interesting, an interesting game right off the bat at Utah State, which is a very underrated opponent, in my opinion. It, last year, I think they uh, went to East Lansing and defeated Michigan State. You got Houston and Coleman, which I think will be a good one. Uh, looking at WSU's roster, what do you, what's kind of your hopes for the upcoming season what's your what's your high and then maybe what's your low I
1: I think regardless of, of kind of pinning it down to a number and going through because Utah State lost its quarterback Houston lost its quarterback I, I I couldn't tell I couldn't name right now if I'm being honest with this point where we're thinking about COVID and I, I was in baseball mode and all this stuff I couldn't name you Utah state's left tackle. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not there yet. I don't know that they're there yet. So I I don't know how good Utah state is right now and neither do they, we need to kind of get closer to, to the kick. I, I think what you want to see though, just based on what the Cougars have is you want to see a bowl game and you want to see a sense of the culture that's installed being positive players, having a great experience recruiting, having some momentum, you, you want to get back to a bowl and you want to see the run and shoot work. And then you want to see Jake Dickert get some, get some positive defensive games and, and maybe, and, and maybe some success there too. And, uh, and, and, you know, very vaguely leave it at that. You, you don't, you don't want to miss a bowl game. And, uh, and stop that momentum just for the – you get the extra practice and you get the the bowl money and gifts and all that stuff that goes along with it, and that's important for the program. But uh, a- after that, you know, who know, who knows what we're looking at in terms of, like, Colorado and Carl Durrell. Like, who knows, you know, and uh, right. what, what do they mean for the pack? There, there's just so many things up in the air. It's
0: so early. Now, you brought up the run and shoot. Um, for those of us who, you know, don't have the inside scoop, but can you kind of give a general sense as to what are the big differences from Mike Leach's air raid to the run and shoot? Because from my understanding, the run and shoot still is pretty pass heavy.
1: Yeah. So it, it's, it's a, it runs a lot deeper down the field. So you're going to see more long passes. You're going to see <clears throat> less formation variants. You'll see more handoffs. You'll see no calls, but you'll have intuition guiding the quarterback and wide receiver relationship, which also can result in more interceptions sometimes. Uh, You'll see fewer five- to seven-yard passes and more downfield flags and posts and things like that. I suspect that's because I'm learning it as well, but that's my cursory understanding.
0: Sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, kind of the, the last thing I was going to, I was going to ask you about WSU baseball, but obviously, you know, that kind of put a halt to things. Um, have you, have you seen that from the, the brief stint that we were able to see? Uh, have you seen that maybe a, a culture change start to take place uh, what is that coaching staff trying to do to kind of get WSU baseball back on track?
1: You know, I, I didn't get into it fully with or at all with baseball. I, I didn't call a single baseball game this year, so I, I, it's all been just observations and a very strange, abrupt ending. I was I was on the cusp of getting into it with them in, in a week, and I observed it. You know, it seemed like things were going great, and they had they had great pitching performances from Mills and Block and. The, the hitting was improved and they were at one, seven and nine, but, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't live it. So I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, I, I can, I know I met Ryan a bunch and he seems like a really great guy. And uh, the coaching staff is, comes in with great experience and they seem to be doing great things. So, you know, ho- hopefully we get to see it all next year.
0: Well, speaking of uh, seeming to do great things, uh, I did want to ask you about WSU basketball. Uh, Kyle Smith seems to be off to a great start in Pullman, uh, finishing last season with a you know, the first non-losing season in, what, nine years? Um, and obviously, they, they could have maybe gone further along had this uh, scenario not popped up. Uh, what was uh, what was it like kind of uh being that just being a part of that season and uh, what what do you look forward to next year it's the it all seems to be pointing in the right direction
1: no question he he was great and and I think he's a great coach and they ascended throughout the year and evolved and got better and better and they, they played their best game in the Pac Tourney and I think it depends on their roster next year we'll, we'll see who's back and what it looks like and and I need to see the freshmen to really Make any d- definitive sense of what's going on, but I, I I think that they the sky's the limit. I mean, they do lose Pollard and Robinson, and Pollard was a a leader and an important player, and Robinson was an all-pack defensive player. So they lose they lose two important pieces, and and I think that's a credit to the coaching staff the way they developed those two guys through the year too. So uh, you know they they were they were really good at the back end of the year. They started out great against Seattle U. They got super banged up and injured and then, and then continue to improve through the year. So hopefully more to come.
0: Yeah. And then especially you look at the recruiting side of things. He's already got uh, an interesting prospect uh, from the, the NBA Academy. And then as well as a, they just landed a, a four-star center um, as well as a couple solid wing players. Um, did, do you think there's uh, when you, when we talk about CJ elevate, he's obviously the spearhead of the attack and, um, have you gotten a sense of maybe if he would consider leaving early? And I know you can't say you know for certain, but um, do you think uh, CJ comes back for uh, next season? I don't know if he comes back or not. He's but he's definitely going to
1: consider leaving. I mean, he did last year, so he right. Should. Everybody if you can go to the combine, you should now, there isn't a combine this year to my knowledge, unless they reschedule it, so that puts a lot up in the air, but there's no downside if if you get invited, you go, you play just for the sake of improvement, you go play against the best competition and trying to be a ball player, why wouldn't you you know so he'll he'll go take a look at it and, and they'll listen to the scouts and see what they have to tell him or if he'll get drafted or not
0: well that that kind of sums up uh, all I've got for you, Matt. Uh, thanks so much for uh, taking the time out of your day to uh, hang out with us here on the hook and no, line. you bet.
1: Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. Uh, take Sorry,
1: care. Apologies you too, an said that it dropped out there before. Uh, Sorry about that.
0: Oh, no problem at all. No problem at all. And uh, hopefully we can do this again, uh, you know, once this whole pandemic thing blows over and maybe we'll actually have some sports to talk about. I hope
1: so. That'd be great.
0: All right. Thanks again, Matt.